0: Pedrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws
1: to first, it's over! 27 years of waiting have built on in! The Giants have won the pennant!
0: Well Brad, the Giants had a very eventful week considering a COVID-19 scare considering they go they go into san diego kind of hot and we talked about the seattle series that they kind of had to take both games so that they would set themselves up in in a nice way and with both of those things happening it kind of ended last week on on a dour note they did not play well in san diego and then with the coronavirus scare it sort of interrupted some momentum even though they did lose that first game and and plus just any sort of you know COVID 19 positive is fearful in of itself uh and was actually called a false positive by the mlb we'll have more information about that as i looked up what a false positive actually means uh, when it comes to these tests but i feel like we we were excited last week And then like reality check hit us and the Giants are back to under 500, though they are still in the eighth spot for the final playoff spot.
1: Well, all things considered, it's 2020. It was kind of a boring week. I mean, throw in an earthquake, (laughs) give me a a volcano or something else. I mean, you know, that was kind of just standard run of the mill 2020 action right there. But yeah, I mean, that, that that was a crazy week. We went from... You know, a nice sweep of the Mariners to some excitement, a day off, or not a day off, but go right into that Padres series. Um, and then, uh, you know, Friday night, just kind of depressing as that news started coming across. You thought, oh, we are one of those teams now. What, what, what happened to our guys? And, and, you know, and we're sitting there searching for news and trying to check it out and go, okay, is this it? I mean, is this what's going to take down the rest of our season? So, yeah, it was, it was crazy. So
0: we'll get into what the false positive actually was uh, and we'll get into some some worries about their ace and also uh, just look at the week that was and 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 the next couple weeks because we're almost done here but before we get started with that stuff what what are you drinking there
1: uh, you know <clears throat> kind of a kind of a tough day tough weekend we've uh, I feel bad for you know even saying this, but so many people out there losing their homes and the, and the West mm-hmm. Coast fires and everything else. We're living in Reno. We're socked in. We're in a valley. We're uh, forty five hundred feet up, um, just on the other side of Tahoe and the Sierra Nevada range, the Cascades, <clears throat> and just coming right down into. We get smoke that just sits here in the valley during the summer a lot of times, um, so it's been dark. It's been you know, just ugly, can't open the windows, everything has been closed up. So I went ahead and made myself a Manhattan because I thought, I need a little kick today, <laughs> a little something extra. So I'm using, um, and in Manhattans, if you're not familiar, which I, I was not, I started reading about them recently, um, as you know, I'm a big uh, Sinatra fan. That whole culture mm-hmm. and everything else. So I thought, hey, I'm going to get into some Manhattans. I keep hearing about how awesome these are. Uh, I like bourbon, so this is different. It's uh, Manhattans are made with uh, straight rye whiskey, and I'm not a big whiskey guy. I like bourbon mm-hmm. uh, more, just because of the the smoothness, the sweetness of it. Um, but I'm now a rye guy. I'll tell you that. And I've always liked to hire rye bourbons, uh-huh. um, but I'm using the Redemption Rye, which is 95% uh, premium rye and only 5% barley. So you get a little bit of that spiciness in there. Right. Um, you get a little bit of that chewiness and uh, added with the uh, sweet vermouth. It's a nice little drink and I'm enjoying that.
0: So for me, uh, I had mentioned... Few weeks back, that Jameson had some fun whiskey uh, blends, and one of them was uh, with black coffee. Yeah, uh, to uh, to have like it, and that I, I still have that. It's still a very interesting taste. I haven't really gotten used to it, <laughs> um, but they had a they have a couple of other kind of blends, and uh, they're both beer related. So one of them is a stout, and the other one is the one that I'm drinking, which is the IPA edition, Jameson Cask nice.
1: Mates. I'm a big IPA guy, so I as soon as you sent me that picture, I thought, okay, I'm missing out here. i got to go pick up a bottle. I don't care what he says about it. I'm going to go pick <laughs> it up.
0: <laughs> so I, uh, I'm not a beer drinker, as I've mentioned a few different times, though the only time I've actually got a buzz drinking a beer is, uh, I think it was a... Um, What is what is the brand the the tornado uh, IPA? Uh,
1: Oh, uh, Sierra Nevada torpedo maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. torpedo. Oh yeah, that's a great beer.
0: Um, and and that's that's the only IPA I've really uh, drank for a good amount of time, and I did I did get a pretty nice buzz with it. But (laughs) this is uh you know this is a, a sort of a whiskey, and it's um they finish it in IPA barrels. So the idea is that it has like that hoppiness to it. And, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I don't dislike beer. I mostly dislike the way that it makes me feel when it comes to <laughs> the, the bloating of, of it. Yeah. But this, so this is a nice kind of, um, it's a nice combination of you have a little bit of that beer aftertaste of that IPA aftertaste, and then you drink it sort of like whiskey, which is, you know, kind of, Slower and and you're sipping it, so I like it. It's it's not uh, it's not too. I thought my worry was going to be that the beer flavor was just going to dominate a little bit too much for my liking, but it's not. It's pretty light, and you can still taste it. But it is it is a whiskey, so I kind of dig it. Um, it is also fairly refreshing because I have it over an ice cube, and I think that's one of the things that I actually like about beer is it could be refreshing, uh, as, as a cold beverage. So it's got a little bit of that too. So I'm kind of digging it.
1: Yeah. I, hey, that sounds good. I, I, and you know, with my IPAs too, I like if I'm going to drink an IPA, I like that big, like 7%, 7.5%. Mm-hmm. So I do sip it too, because the, the nice thing about IPAs is as they warm up, um, to a little bit more towards the room temperature, you you really taste the hops in there. You taste the bittering hops. You taste the finishing hops. Um, all kinds of good stuff coming out of it. So I, as you were talking there, I put that on my total wine list. Oh, nice. Um, the Jameson. So I'm going to pick that up next time.
0: J- just to be fair, though, it is way more of a whiskey taste, obviously, than, oh, I'm than, good with that. than a bourbon taste. And because I agree with you, I, I like bourbon a lot better, but I can I, I can deal with the with the whiskey and the scotch as well. Oh, yeah. Okay, so before we get to our giants, I just wanted to allow you to gloat for a second because your football team.
1: Oh stop. Did a little <laughs> bit better than my football
0: team. Um, they were both- only only slightly.
1: <laughs> but
0: uh, you guys got to open that stadium, right?
1: Yeah, so being a Rams fan, last night Sunday Night Football was a lot of fun. Uh, everybody either likes the Cowboys or hates the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. So if you hate the Cowboys, you're welcome. Um, if you like the Cowboys, I'm sorry, uh, but it, I mean it was just it wasn't a fantastic game. Uh, McVeigh wasn't pulling out all the stops. I think as you saw, like every game yesterday in this first week. Um, it's just, you know, it's preseason week one is basically yeah. what it is, even though it's week one of the season. But even for the refs, I mean, oof, there was bad officiating all over the place yesterday.
0: Yeah, well, I, I think that the Niners will be okay. They they were missing a few, a few players yesterday. But if the Rams are back, if the Niners are, you know, as good as maybe not as good as last year, but still good, Seattle's always going to be there. And the little sneaky Arizona Cardinals—we may mm. be in the hardest division
1: in the entire NFL. Well, they got a little tougher offense this year with DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, mm-hmm. it's you know they—they they are going to be tough. I—I—I'm not worried about you. You guys are going to be fine. Uh, I mean, that's a tough team. You guys have a great coaching staff. I love our games against each other because we do talk during it. <laughs> um, so that's al- That's always fun <laughs> when our teams are playing. And, and they're both good now. So that's what makes it even more fun because I can't tell you how many times you and I have, have chatted over text when my team is, you know, 2 and 12 and yours is, uh, you know, I don't know, whatever, 10 and 4. And mm-hmm. we're playing against each other and it's just like, yeah, 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 no, I got it. Our team sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and there's been times when... Our teams have been bad at the same time, too. So. Yeah, that's true. And those are one of the nine to six games and <laughs> stuff. Oh uh, Yeah, those are rough. <laughs> All
0: right. Enough of the football talk. Yeah. I just wanted to give Brad uh, a, little, a little bit of a chance because, you know, uh, season started. Rams yeah. Rams won, won a big Sunday night game. It is. Even if the game wasn't great, it's still an important win because Dallas should be pretty good, too.
1: They should. They have a good offense. And the, and the first week of football season is always a blast. I mean, that's just football's fun. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about what happened on uh, Friday night, which is we started getting uh, notes uh, in Twitter and uh, the we- the giants, the websites that follow the Giants that the game was in the process of being postponed. And I think because of this year, we automatically assume that somebody failed the COVID-19 test or somebody tested positive. And so... Immediately, what you hope is that it's not somebody on your team. You actually hope that it's somebody on the other team because, like you said, there's like this weird sort of guilt thing about, oh, I didn't. I thought our team was safe, and yeah. you know, someone was someone was was pulling a, a, a Clevenger. <laughs> um, but what actually happened is is it was on the Giants, and I don't think we really knew a lot of information as it had happened. I think there was a guy who had tweeted uh, that it was Dickerson,
1: and no and that one... wasn't. That wasn't until Saturday, though. Oh, was it Saturday that yeah, So tweeted so that? F- Yeah, so Friday night, nobody really knew. Oh, wait, you know what? Maybe it was. Actually, you know what? I did text you. It was late, late Friday night. Mm-hmm. I think it was probably around 11-ish on Friday
0: Yeah, it was just one guy. He just had the name, and nobody, none of the beat writers or anybody actually went with that information. And so, people have probably seen some quotes by Dickerson, or even maybe there's there's some video out there of how um, how hellish his life was for a day and a half. And he's got a uh, his wife is I think 39 weeks pregnant, so she's right on the cusp. And you know the the just the fear of possibly you know being around someone who. Had, who who was positive for COVID nineteen? Imagine you know a, a pregnant woman that that mm. far into her pregnancy. That's really scary. Thirty nine mm. weeks, man. And so the um, kind of it, it. So it comes out that they're going to be able to play a doubleheader on Sunday. Originally, the thought was that the Giants, the whole series with the Padres, was going to be canceled because what happens is when you have a positive test, you sort of have to figure out where the person was and what they were doing for fear of that, you know, this thing has possibly spread to more players and, you know, you don't really know, right? So it turns out that Dickerson and his wife had both passed. I don't know if his wife passed uh, all of these tests, but basically he had passed the test to come into San Diego. And then there was a positive test and then he took six tests after that, and they all came back negative. So the word from the MLB was that it was a false positive. And immediately when I saw false positive, I was like, "Wait a second here! This almost never happens. Like false positives actually don't don't really happen." And what you'll see is a false negative test because of the way. The virus traces you. You may be exposed to the virus and have it in your system for five days, but it doesn't actually show until that fifth day, and so false negatives happen often with with this stuff. But I, I sort of knew the false positive thing was kind of a BS thing, as far as you know, just the test being wrong. And so I reached out to a doctor who I've done a couple of podcasts with. His name is Dr. Alex Patel. He works in Toronto, and he's kind of been my go-to whenever I have a question. And I I just asked him today, I was like, hey, how does the false positive thing work? And so he sent me something um, from uh, the CBC, and it sounds like when a false positive happens, it's because of some sort of contamination for the testing. So they use, um, I guess uh, there's some automated ways of of handling these because there's so many of them. I think they use robots or machines that that help in the processing. And every once in a while, and it's a rare occasion, but they can um, become cross contaminated with an actual positive test so the test itself can get contaminated because of the machinery that is being used but it's still very rare um, of it happening but that is the guess is that more than likely the way that his test became a positive is that it was contaminated by a handling of, of other tests so that makes sense to me um, it was it was actually harder than I thought to find that information because I was doing some searching I was like gosh like th- this has had to be studied like false positives just don't happen like even when you go to like I pulled up an article on MIT and they're like yeah it, it's generally just doesn't happen I'm like great but what happens when it does like, <laughs> right. is there, what, what yeah. like why yeah what's the science behind it exactly so so I mean that 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 makes sense like you know when you're doing so many tests and you're trying to find ways to speed up the time in which you can find the result i it makes sense that something like this can happen
1: yeah that 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 in itself and and and, and watching the interview with him and listening to him talk about a false positive i can't even imagine what that feels like to get that positive test back um because then, like you said, he, he, you immediately start to think about all the people you you've been around. Um, you know, I, I've been keeping it safe. Our family for the most part has been keeping it safe. We're kind of, you know, isolating, doing our thing. Haven't had to go to work too much. My wife has been going back and forth to work, but not very often, um, not around a lot of people, but it's that, you know, to hear him talk about for 48 hours, he didn't sleep. It just was weighing on him and thinking about his first child coming along and everything else. God, that's, that's, that's gotta be a really rough feeling because I like I'm, I'm doing with our kids and my wife too. I kind of harp on them. I do a horrible job at it, but getting enough sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, get that sleep right now because uh, you never know. I mean, you're exposed to it. The kids are going off and on to school. Wife is going to and from work. Um, so you're trying to get that sleep. So for him not to to sleep much for 48 hours on top of that, now you're bringing down your immune system. So if mm-hmm. you didn't have it, now you're making yourself more susceptible to possibly even getting it on top of that, even more worried to go. Um, but, you know, these guys have great doctors, great people around them. So I'm sure they keep them well nourished and, and whatnot, but can't even imagine what two days would be like thinking you have to come back positive.
0: Yeah. as And like, I think just internalizing that yourself is sort of a thing, but when you're married and you're about to bring a baby into the world, you feel like the most, like the most irresponsible person. Like he, I'm sure he was backtracking every moment that he could possibly remember. Okay, I did this, I did this. Like, was I around anyway? Nope, I was only around teammates. Everywhere else, I was wearing a mask. You know, and so he's probably playing that and it's driving himself crazy because he couldn't figure out, you know, where where it could have possibly happened. So, I mean, I'm glad for him and his wife. I know he probably felt that there was some public information that was out there that was irresponsible. And I get it. Um that's, you know, the way that the leagues are handling these positives by, you know, I think I think they let the athletes kind of figure out if they want to come out with what they with what they had. But there are like COVID lists, right? The 49ers yeah. had Fred Warner on the COVID list. And I think most people figured that he did test positive and and, and had something. Um, but they didn't think like, oh, no. It's even though it's the COVID list, it's got to be like the flu or something like that's just not what happened. So, (laughs) so yeah, I mean, there's got to be a lot of frustration with these guys just with their, you know, their, their personal information getting out there. But, you know, that's also part of it in just being an athlete is like everything is so magnified when it comes to pub, you know, your public persona.
1: Well, and then my kids too on Friday night, they're going, oh man, so what, you know, what happens to the games and what's going on this weekend now? And uh, who was it? Who's it going to, you know, are they going to say, I said, no, they're not going to tell you it's HIPAA, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's baseball. They're not going to tell you unless... You know, like with the Cardinals, they went ahead and took a picture of themselves at a (laughs) a boating place, right? And then they posted that on Instagram. (laughs) And then a couple days later, oh, uh, some Cardinals have COVID. How many? Uh, Like six of them. You know, so I thought, well, I I don't see Giants players doing that. So I said, I don't think you're going to find out who it was what is it? Sure enough, five hours later, I'm texting you. It looks like it was Alex Dickerson. I don't know how the heck they found out. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's who it might be.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, I, um, I'm glad for him and his family. I hope that they're not stressed out and his wife can have a really healthy and, and smooth and safe delivery for their baby. And yeah, for sure. And look, you know, there's only two weeks left in the season. If the Giants make the playoffs, they're at least going to play for another, you know, another handful of days. And if they don't, then, you know, you sort of just go back to what you were doing and and try to be as safe. But um, okay, so other news with the team is that uh, Kevin uh, Gossman sounds like he's got some elbow trouble. He was supposed to pitch yesterday. They had to pull him from the uh, the doubleheader, the seven inning doubleheader that 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 you know, we, we, we were talking about earlier the the uh, semi pro City ball doubleheaders. <laughs>
1: yeah. And seven oh that's, that's <laughs> so rough to watch, right? I I just I have a hard time with that. You know, I'm sitting there watching it and I go, eh, you know, it's a fifth inning. We can come back wait a minute. Mm-hmm. No, nope, we only have two innings. We have six outs to go. Exactly. Come
0: on. I mean, and just imagine like in, in a seven inning game, if you have a, a lights out bullpen, you can shorten that game so much uh, and, you know, the Giants uh, uh, The giants had to face... I think it was uh, Rosenthal in the ninth. And I'm looking at Brandon Crawford comes up to the plate. His career stats against this dude. 0 for 10. Eight strikeouts. And I was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> Like, this game is over. Like, he's, he's, and he, I think he hit one ball foul and he struck out. So,
1: well, and they're still talking, you know, as, uh, Quato's dealing too, you know, he's pitching all right, but they're thinking, well, we're going to keep him and save him for the bullpen, uh, save the bullpen for the next game. And I'm like, well, the next game's only seven innings also. Why, mm-hmm. you know, just go to the bullpen.
0: <laughs> I mean, it just shows you how much they didn't really trust that second starter, though, yeah, too. For sure. Uh, Webb. Um, okay. So if Gossman. I think the fear is is that anytime you have a fear with it with an elbow, like your your brain automatically goes to like Tommy John surgery, right? Like it's what everybody yeah. thinks about, especially with someone who throws as hard as he does. But we, you know, we don't have any information. We don't know. All we know is that he had a little bit of a stiff elbow and he couldn't get loose. And they decided to hold him out. And I think he still has to have an MRI. That MRI, was that supposed to be today or tomorrow? I don't even, I don't even know.
1: I thought it was supposed to be um, today, but we haven't heard anything yet. I haven't seen anything. I'm just checking right now and, and I'm not seeing anything new. Yeah, so,
0: you know, best of luck to him. Hopefully it's just something, but a lot of times, you know, when you talk elbow, it usually is something a little bit more serious. Um, And uh, I guess the other piece of news here is good old Pablo Sandoval did get picked up. He got picked up by the Atlanta Braves for a minor league uh, deal with the Braves. I don't know what that probably means that he's not playing this year. Well,
1: I think that I think the minor league deal just kind of gets you down to their minor league camp. Can he play uh, in the alternate site or whatever? You know, yeah. Oh, actually, he he will. I believe He's starting so, at the we'll alternate go. site.
0: So, yeah, good for Pablo.
1: Yeah, that's um, going back to Gosman just real quick too on these two bits of news. Uh, I mean, gosh, if if Gosman is out for any period of time. And we're talking about (laughs) there's two weeks left of the season. So any period of time, if he misses two two starts starts for him, that's it. That's the rest of the season. Uh, And then they go into the playoffs without Gosman. Um, Mm -hmm. He's he's by far been one of their best pitchers this season. I mean, he's not lights out, doesn't have lights out stuff. The Giants don't have that pitching staff where you've got a one-two punch and then you just kind of get by with a three and four. No, they've got a... They've got like a three punch, right? I mean, Gosman's like a, a number three, number two starter, maybe mm-hmm. in some places, uh, and then from there, it just kind of you know it's 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 complete hit or miss from there on out. Uh, so if they if they lose Gosman for the rest of the season and the playoffs, that is a huge blow. I mean, it's I can't I can't overstate that enough that that how rough that would be on the pitching staff. Um, I I think at that point you would see. A lot more of the um, bullpen uh, moves that we saw in the beginning of the season with Kapler, I think you'd see a lot more uh, pitchers going two, three innings and then mm-hmm. going to the bullpen. Um, but like we talked about coming up after this Thursday, the seventeenth, uh, the Giants are playing ten straight games to finish the season, go right into the playoffs. So, I mean, what kind of workload is that on your on your bullpen?
0: yeah and well uh, you know they're not going to be too many seven inning games though um unless something else happens so well, yeah actually we gonna be f-
1: I think there's gonna be one more one more double header Padres game yeah because we got blanked out of the Friday night game so sunday's uh yesterday's game was a double header of Saturday and Sunday, so we still have one more game to make up with them um yeah
0: so they'll probably do that as a doubleheader.
1: They'll do that as a doubleheader. We play the Padres the last three games of the season, so there's going to be a couple more sevens in there, our our favorite seven inning doubleheaders.
0: <laughs> yeah, if I never see one of those ever again. <laughs> <laughs> so when we when we talked about on the last show the upcoming week, you know I said Mariners we've got to take two because the Padres uh, are great. They're a great yeah. baseball team. And I thought, okay, take two from the Mariners, sweep them, and then go to San Diego and win two in San Diego, and that will be a successful week. Instead, after they came off of winning three out of four from the Diamondbacks, if you if you count, you know, we we did the show on Tuesday, so Monday had already happened. But for the week, they still went three and three. Um, or if you count if you count Sunday, they went uh, they went uh, four and four and two i guess or four and one depending on how you count the week (laughs) right they they they, they were fine but when we just looked at those two series i felt a little bit let down because i thought okay you win those games you go into san diego and you play well against a team that is going to be in the mix uh like if you if you're in that national league and you're one of the uh, lower uh, division winners you don't want to see san diego in the first round like that's like that's awful so uh so you know in San Diego you know they outscored us in three games uh 15 to 2 so Giants didn't really have any shot whatsoever but I don't want to take away the two games that they won against Mariners because on the on last Wednesday they they really they really beat up the Mariners because they play again this week and I feel like again this this week is sort of similar to last week in that you have the two games with the Mariners and then you go and play another really good team w- with the A's. So I don't know if they could sweep the Mariners again starting tomorrow on Wednesday, but I almost feel like it's a necessity because you go into Oakland knowing that it's going to be a struggle to even take one out of the three against Oakland. Oakland isn't as hot as they were. They, I think they went 6-4 and four over the last 10 games, but they're still in first place in the AL West. So... And you know we remember what happened the last time they played Oakland, and they lost all those games late that were so frustrating. So, I, I just I just hope that you know they can utilize playing the Mariners again uh, to kind of jumpstart, kick them back into into winning gear because they got they they got to be ready going into Oakland. Um, they cannot play uh, similarly as they did with San Diego, or, or they'll get blown out again.
1: Well, I, you know the funny thing with Seattle too when they came to us, they were on a six game win streak. Um, they, they were not playing well on the road. So they came to us and we took the two games, uh, nice little come from behind on that Tuesday night, one at six to five. Then, like you said, the, the thrashing, the 10 to one thrashing on Wednesday, um, then they went uh, to Arizona and they took two out of three. Arizona is kind of a, a falling team right now. Um, and then uh, today, as we speak, they have a doubleheader against the A's because of those postponements, the um, COVID postponements in the middle of the week before they played us. Um they took the first game today against the A's, and they're up one nothing against the A's um, already in the second game. Um, A's loaded up the bases, and uh, somebody hit a, a fly ball, didn't see who it was, but hit a fly ball. It looks like it was uh, Lamb for the A's out to um, uh, Kyle Lewis. The great center fielder for the Mariners and he robbed a, a grand slam. So, mm. Um, so, you know, again, that's play by play when you listen to this and maybe like three days later, but, <laughs> but, either, but either way, either way, that's still kind of exciting. The A's and Mariners always play each other. Well, those are always fun games. Um, so the Giants are going up there, which is kind of, uh, different and difficult. And I just saw, just saw on Twitter earlier, um, that uh Queto and and Logan Webb were sitting in the back of the Giants bus, uh, just downing some some white wine out of plastic cups. As oh wow! Riding their <laughs> bus up to Seattle. They they both pitched yesterday, right? So they don't yeah. have to worry about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They don't have to worry about. uh I guess Quato would be the Saturday Sunday starter. Yeah, so he'll yeah, be back on like, Sunday. Yeah.
1: yeah. If they go, I mean, with a day off today Saturday and a day off someday. Thursday, hard to see how they're going to work out the rotation. If they're going to, you know, if Capler is going to stick with the days off or, or how he's going to do that.
0: Yeah, I mean, theoretically, he he uh, Cueto could could throw Saturday based mm-hmm. on the the days off. Yeah. So now the the Giants um, the Giants sit in the eight spot, so the second wild card or the. Fifth wild card, depending on how you look at, well, I, I'm not even sure what the MLB calls it. I just want to plead
1: with the MLB: don't do, don't do eight teams anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it'd be fun if the Giants made it this year. Don't do this again. <laughs> we don't. I don't think we need any sub 500 teams in the playoffs in the future. Yeah.
0: So they sit at 23 and 24, and. You know, they, they they have a leg up on the Rockies who were behind them, and they've played the Rockies really well this season, and they play them uh, next week for four straight at home. So that could be a nice little thing for them if they continue, um, you know, to, to play well here. So what is your... Like this doesn't seem real. Like the fact that the Giants could make the playoffs doesn't really seem real because of this bizarre season. But they do look like, you know, they're kind of in the driver's seat for one of these last two spots. But I feel like this team, it, it all it all sort of depends on the uh, the little wave that they're riding because they can, you know, they they can play really well and then and then just play terribly. Uh, almost in in a span of like a a couple of different days. So uh, how are you feeling when it comes to the possibility of playoffs?
1: You know, I feel (laughs) torn, I guess I should say. Like I said, I don't, I mean, it's hard to watch. I mean, that sub 500 teams in the playoffs, that's basketball, right? I mean, that, that, and that's hockey. That's not necessarily, although hockey goes by points, there's really no uh, winning percentage in hockey. But when you look at it, it's, it's, I don't know. It's just kind of hard to see. I want my Giants in the playoffs, right? I mean, I, I want to see, see the Giants in the playoffs. It's always exciting. It's always fun. If we draw the Dodgers and the eight and the one seed, um, we're going to play them tough. I mean, that's just the bottom line. That's what we do. We play the Dodgers tough. Um, if we end up getting the Padres, it, if it's a two and a seven situation, that could be tough, man. Those The Padres, I feel at this point, as a complete team, they are more complete than the Dodgers right now. They have a stronger, much stronger bullpen. They have a much stronger starting staff. Um, Actually, the Padres and Dodgers square off for, what, three games starting tonight?
0: Yeah, the Padres, if the Padres were to sweep the Dodgers, they would actually be in first place. But if the Giants get to the seventh spot, I think they actually face the second best... Division winner.
1: Okay, right, right.
0: Even though, even though the Padres, like like you said, have the second best record in the National League, because they're in the division, the same division as the Dodgers, unless they're in first place, they would be relegated to the four spot, I guess. Right.
1: The- so if we got the seven right now, you do you know who number two is? Is that the Braves or the? Cubs.
0: Uh, currently, it is the Braves, but they have one loss less than the Cubs. And I think I mentioned when I was talking about the Padres, if they're in the four spot, so they would actually play Team Five, who is
1: right now are the Marlins. So, so they'll oh, they'll destroy them. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the Padres are gonna they're gonna run through the playoffs. Um, if it gets matched up, it's gonna be probably. Padres and Dodgers, uh, you know, in, in the, whatever they're calling it, I hope they still call it the national league championship series. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, it's one of those things. I,
0: Actually they would, they would, they would face off
1: in the second round. Oh, would they? Okay. So gosh, I don't like that setup. Yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather see at this point, if we're not there, I'd rather see the Dodgers and Padres, um, uh, in the NLCS. I mean, cause in, you've got the two best teams in the yeah. national league playing each other, but of course, and, th- and that's what kind of happens when you get these eight seeds. Rarely do you get that best of matchup back in the day before the wild card, before the three divisions, you had the two best teams in the La- national league would play each other. And the two best teams in the American league would play each other in the ALCS NLCS. And then they would just go to the world series. Um, it wouldn't be so diluted like this, but uh, again, what was your question? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, think you, I think you answered it. We're, I we're, we're kind of like,
0: uh, I guess playoffs are good. It is an even mm. year. It would I mean, be it 10 years after the first World
1: Series title. It's, it's, n- it's never a fun end to the season when the Giants aren't in the playoffs. Yes. Let's just put it that way. <laughs>
0: So the the American League is actually pretty interesting because in the American League, at least in the American League East, you have three of the better teams in the American League. And I believe all three of them will make the playoffs because I think the Yankees will get uh, at least the seventh or the eighth spot. Um, But like the White Sox and the Twins, they're battling it out for the AL Central and there's a game separating them. They both have 30 wins. So one of those teams, because of the way that the playoffs uh, you know, are situated, one of those two teams is going to be like the four seed versus possibly the one seed, which is kind of interesting. And I wonder if they really care. I would assume that they would care because if you're the White Sox, you'd probably rather play uh, I guess it would be the uh, I don't know I don't know if you would rather play the Indians or the Yankees.
1: In uh, the Indians pitching staff is brutal, man. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I mean, and the White Sox are, are such a good hitting team uh, that would be a fun matchup. Uh, I mean, as a fan, that's what we want. You know, we want to see that match.
0: the o- The only bad second place uh, finisher so far is in the AL West because the Astros. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Astros are, are pretty disappointing but there's still you know there's still a, a ga- at least a game above the mariners and and if you're the mariners you know you need to get to that second spot because it's easier to catch the astros for second place in the AL west than it would be to catch you know, the Indians or the Yankees who are, uh, who are quite a bit better than the Astros well, this year.
1: And also we're going to Seattle and Seattle's only one game out of that eighth seed. Mm-hmm. So they're fighting too. I mean, we, you know, it, so it should be a good two game series. Um, again, if, if it's any indication of what we had last time, that Tuesday night game against Seattle, uh, was just, uh, you know, fun back and forth, come from behind victory. Um, Seattle's not going to lie down. I mean, they're they're a tough team too. They're just like us. They're scrappy. They're young. They're fighting for that eight spot. So that this this should be a really fun series starting tomorrow.
0: Yeah, and then you know, like I said, the A's. The A's have won six of their last ten. They did lose one of their uh, boppers there with Chapman. Yeah, but uh, you know, they're 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 just a good team. They they have a lot of depth. They have a lot of quality players. So I you know when the A's are good and the Giants are bad, I don't like it because then. All the A's fans come out of the woodwork.
1: Uh, we and, hear from A's fans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tired but of hearing from
0: them. This is why I want the Giants to go into Oakland with uh, on a little bit of a roll so they could battle these... These uh, these athletics here and I can give it to some of those <laughs> A's fans and tell them like, yeah, you know, the player that you love right now he's going to be on another team next year. Exactly. <laughs> I they're hate gonna tr- that, though. They're going to trade know, them all away. Anyways, you know, though. I hate that because, yeah. like, imagine if you rooted for a baseball team and like they would get a really good player and you just know in your heart in two years he's going to be on another team.
1: That, you know, that would drive me insane. I, I don't know how A's fans do it. Uh, maybe they have they a lot drink, of patience. I guess. Or they drink a lot. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, because I couldn't sit there and watch my team one year. I mean, like they, you know, they were in the wild card game for a couple years in a row there when we were winning our World, world Series. And uh, they were going for it. And then all of a sudden, yeah, let's get rid of half of these guys and, uh, you know, start over again. And But you know what? They always have a good... Farm system. Mm-hmm. So, I so mean, yeah, it's
0: a bit, Billy Beans. A, just yeah. a great. He's a great GM. He's his system that he you know he's had for years and years and years now. Just works. It, it works to the point of getting the players that they need now. You know, working for that ownership probably is a little frustrating, but then again, it makes him even more important to that franchise than probably anybody. And if they did have, if he was working for like the Yankees or the Red Sox, and they didn't win championships, like the focus would and the finger pointing would possibly be on him. In Oakland, they're never going to point the finger at him because there's no expectation. So he continues to do a great job, gets that team ready. And then eventually, because of the ownership, he can always go like, oh, you know, the ownership doesn't want to pay for these guys. We've got to (laughs) trade them off and get new guys. And then I can do
1: this whole thing all over again. (laughs) Well, if you're a baseball fan, um, not not just an A's fan, if you're a baseball fan, you want to see the A's get that stadium. Um, Absolutely. The renderings that we've seen of it are awesome. I mean, that would be so much fun for the A's fans. It would be great for their revenue. The area is fun they couldn't use the excuse anymore that we don't have the money um, you know if you're a baseball fan you just want to see that I want to see that happen I'm pulling yeah. for that to happen you know that rivalry yeah, I, with the Giants and A's is always a and I, and, I,
0: and I want to go like I, yeah, you know, yeah. if when we can go see people again I would definitely want to go that's right all right. So, you know, the, the next time that we do this show next week, um, we will only have, you know, about a week left in the season. So it's kind of crazy how we decided to do this kind of right at the beginning of this season and we're almost already done.
1: That's crazy. Um, <clears throat> I want to throw one thing out there, too. Yep. If if the Giants don't make the playoffs or if they do make the playoffs, one really fun thing to keep watching here. Um, and it's a super quiet sneak attack. But Solano is hanging in there as the number two hitter in the National League right now. Um, he, he's chasing that batting title. Um, I can't remember the last time we had somebody chasing a battle, batting title. It had to be Bonds, right? I mean, it's it's at least 13, 14 years ago. Uh, yeah, but I want to think I think, I wanna
0: say Brandon Crawford went into the second half of the season
1: one year Battling, but then kind of fell off at yeah. the end. No, I'm talking like last month of the season. Yeah. You, you know, where you had that watch. I remember, oh God, uh, I can't think of the year right now. I can look it up quickly. But um, when Will Clark and Tony Gwynn were going back. I think it was 89. 89. Yeah. Oh, that was so fun because we're going to the playoffs. We're, we're You know, we have a great team. And Will Clark is just battling it out with one of the greatest hitters of all time. And that was so fun to watch. And, and that, so Solano right now is hitting three forty nine. He's the only guy who hit in the Padres series. He had, uh, I believe, seven hits in that series in the three games. Um but he's right behind Juan Soto, who's hitting 354. Juan Soto actually has 10 less games because he had the uh, COVID diagnosis. He, he thought he had a season.
0: false positive too, right?
1: No, actually, he, I believe he actually had it. Oh. Um, I don't know if he actually had any signs, but he was on the quote unquote uh, COVID list for like 10 days, mm-hmm. first 10 games of the season. Um, So, yeah, so he's right behind him. So Solano's at 349 and Soto's at 354. And Soto's a great hitter. He's got that power. Uh,
0: Yeah, what a tremendous player.
1: Oh, such a – I mean, just one of those kids in the game – that you look at and, you know, he's just going to be the future, um, as we go forward, uh, Solano, not so much, 32 years old, <laughs> just <laughs> when he got to the Dodgers organization, you know, learned to not hit the ball on the ground, hit more, uh, line drives. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's just not a power guy. So he's only got his three home runs this year, which is fine. Um, he slices the ball all over the field. He's a, a nice slap hitter. Um, so so that's a fun one to watch. I just wanted to throw that out there. Just remind people, hey, don't forget, we've got a guy going for a batting title here. And if you want to throw in, maybe you've got Yastrzemski going for, uh, you know, a top three, top five finish in the MVP voting, even though he just completely fell off in that um, Padres series. But again, everybody did.
0: So just to qualify what you were saying, 2002, Barry Bonds wins the batting title Hitting three seventy,
1: it's
0: been in 80, a, eighteen years. geez. In a, in a season where he walked one hundred and ninety eight times, <laughs> forty six jacks, one hundred and ten RBI, wow. and then in two thousand and three, he uh, he finished. I don't know what he finished, but he hit three forty one with forty five jacks, ninety RBIs, uh, and in two thousand and four. He won the batting title again, hit 362 with 232 walks, 45 jacks, 101 RBI. His OPS in 2004 was 1.422, which I don't think I've... Like, even in video games, I've really not seen that as an OPS.
1: <laughs> that, I think that's when people finally started paying attention to OPS again. Uh, it was one of those stats that everybody thought, okay, you're hitting what, you know, your OPS is 824. Okay, what does that mean? I don't yeah. quite know what that means. And then all of a sudden you see bonds with that and you go, oh, wow. Okay. So it's how many times you get on base and and how much you crush the ball when you hit it. Okay, that makes sense. You're now a very valuable player. Um, but I, I was just going to pull up some stats. You can keep going, but I, I was just trying to find out Uh, how many walks did you say in 232 walks in what year 2004 (laughs) that's just that that's a baffling number Um, I'm trying to find out last year in the last full season of baseball who led the league in walks so so
0: so just to kind of I mean you look at Barry Bonds as baseball reference and it's just mind-boggling but right he led the league in OPS nine different times even the two the last two years uh, of his career with the Giants so in uh, 2006 he played 130 games. he still walked 115 times. He had 26 jacks. His average was 270 so if you if you were to put the I don't know how old Barry would have been in 2006, but you put the second you know the 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 penultimate year of his career, into this giants lineup and he's like their top home run hitter (laughs) he walks the most (laughs) he leads he led the league in on base percentage in the last two years of his career wow because he he walks so much it's ridiculous Uh, my, my my thoughts of those last two years were like not really great thoughts because it was sort of him sort of chasing the home run title and, yeah. and, and whatever and people giving him crap for it. But man, like if you put those into perspective of what normal 40, you know, 40-year-old seasons are like, like, geez, this dude still was a very productive player.
1: Well, and, and you can say what you want about the performance-enhancing drugs, the Balco, everything. His eye was like nobody else's in the game. And and has never, there's ne- we're not going to see anybody else with an eye like that. And we never saw anybody else with an eye like that. That will always stand out as one of those things you can look at and you can say, you know, that, that was completely amazing. Or you can say, why did you need to do that <laughs> yeah. extra stuff? I mean, you already, you were already on your way to being one of the greatest players to ever play the game. Um. But, but looking at last year, just to put it in perspective, um, you know, we're back to the home run, uh, the home run fest uh, as a, after we had the, the early 2010s there with a lot of low home run numbers and whatnot. The, the leader in walks last year was Alex Bregman with 119. Hmm. And that and you, you even look at 119 walks and you go, wow, that's a lot. And you throw two hundred and forty something out there for bonds? That's insane. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know that 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 is a time where, I mean, we watched it all right. Like we we were watching yeah. every day. We saw all of it, and it almost still doesn't seem real, even though we watch it with our own two eyes.
1: Right? Yeah, is it was absolutely amazing?
0: All right, so speaking of uh the yesteryear, you know, we we be, be, because of our because of when we grew up, we do like to dig into the past a lot. Um we do have a uh, a series that you ran for yeah. our Gi- greatest giants tournament uh greatest giants team of all time tournament. It was the 1997 Playoff team against the 1989 World Series team of Kevin Mitchell, of Will Clark. I think they finished 1 2 in the MVP voting that year. And, you know, they were, they were, um, what what do they call them the pacific sock exchange was the poster <laughs> yeah. and so they you know the, they were they were hot the, the those two guys hitting 3 4 in the lineup were were kind of uh you know baseball royalty that year and you ran the series 97 versus 89 and what happened
1: Well, you know, and and we were just talking about walks and everything. I I wanted to throw that out there too. In in these Sims series that we've been doing, anytime you have a Bonds team like like this 2002 team, he doesn't get a whole lot of Mm at-bats because he just walks so much. (laughs) So we're always thinking, how did Bonds do? you know, in this sim, how, how did he do in this? And, or sorry, this is 1997 Um, how how did he do? Well, he just, he just doesn't get the at-bats. Like I'm looking at his at-bats in this series. He has, he actually got quite a few at-bats in this one. He had 23 at-bats and the most for, for most of the players were 25. There've been some where, uh, some players are getting 25, 26 at-bats, and he's getting like 16, Mm -hmm. 17, just because he's walking so much. Um, but we started out, this one was fun. Um, the 90, uh, 97 team um, that just kind of snuck in. Nobody. Th- that was the year that nobody was expecting this 97 team to do a whole lot, right? I mean, they just kind of came out of nowhere. You're, I you're still talking, don't really
0: know how they did it.
1: I, I don't know either because you're talking after 93, we had the 94 season, which was okay. And then you had 95 and 96, which were you know just fighting to stay alive. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, this 97 team comes out of nowhere and just, uh, you know, takes the West. I mean... It, yeah, so uh, it's it's post Matt Williams.
0: Yeah. So, you know, the, the Matt Williams for Jeff Kent and Julian Tavares trade that was uh, actually one of the best trades probably uh, in Giants history, even though at the time people did not like that Sabian uh, had to defend himself so often in that trade. And also they were they were adding, you know, they were they were trading for lots of guys just to get there. Right. And and win because uh you know, they I think I think they felt like and some of this was also like we have the best player in baseball and we can't put a team around him. This is ridiculous. And so they they did. They you know, they made some trades. I think they traded for uh what was it uh, Roberto Hernandez they traded for Wilson Alvarez yeah. that year And
1: that was the same trade right from the White Sox Roberto yeah. Hernandez and Wilson Alvarez And so that you know
0: that they went for it which I always respected as a fan I was like hey you know when you're when you're close when you feel that you have a team that is actually possibly going to do something like go for it and they did you know they they did go for it that year which sort of set up you know the next few years of of them Being a really good team, like you could trace, you know, even though they didn't necessarily uh, go to the playoffs in all of these years, but 98, 99, 2000, 2001, all the way to 2002, they were competing. And then 2002, obviously, they go to the World Series, but it all sort of starts here in this season.
1: And, And 2003, some could argue. It, Maybe the best had, team out of all of them. That's right. But, you know, but they lost Nen at the beginning of the season, and that's what kind of really hurt that 2003 team, as you saw in the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, so this one started out kind of fun against that 1989 team, the team we all love. Um, so <clears throat> 97 took the first game, uh, 4-2. to uh, The 97 team then went on for the, to, to take the second game, 7-2, to um, Plenty of home runs all over the place. Brian Johnson, wow, you know everybody's favorite in '97, taking yeah. out the Dodgers. Um, he hit two home runs in that game too. Uh, so they're yeah, up. Yeah, two, he led. Two, he
0: led that team in RBI too.
1: Yeah, he did. Yeah, so he was up two o, uh, or '97 was up 2-0. and then '89 came back and won the next two games, um, a fifteen to eight shellacking, and then a nice little <laughs> like we, we were joking about. It. You go fifteen to eight. And then you go a one nothing victory for the eighty
0: nine team. After.
1: But my favorite part of that one zero victory
0: is the guy who shuts down the ninety seven team is Mike Buffy Lacoste. Like <laughs> you know, he's their four starter. Yeah, you know, their number four starter, and and he uh, he he shuts down that ninety seven team is actually pretty cool.
1: Well, and the the way we determine um, rotations in this is for like the 97 team, we kind of say, all right, what was the rotation in the playoffs? Um, Because after these trades are made, we're taking what we do in out-of-the-park baseball is if a team has been to the World Series, we take that World Series roster. Uh, So if there's a key player that got hurt in the middle of the season or another player um, that got pinched for roids... Uh, the milkman, uh, Melky Cabrera. <laughs> then we then we say, you know, you're off the roster. We're taking that World Series roster. Uh, then we'll look at BaseballReference.com, um, which if you've never been to BaseballReference.com, grab yourself a beer and set aside two hours at least because you're going to get lost. Um, It's so much fun. And so we kind of take the rotations and the starting lineups from there. Um, But based on this, had we known that Buffy Lacoste was going to tear it up, we would have made him the number one starter. Yeah. Because (laughs) he just shut them down, one nothing. So we got a 2-2, and then we go to game five, um, and the 97 team jumps out to a 5-1 lead. They hold on. Uh, win that one five to four rod beck gets his second save for the uh 97 team um he was not necessarily the closer in 97 um but no i'm looking at this wrong what happened he's not on there for the 97 team He's in there for the 89 team. No, he is. He is. He's on yeah, yeah. for 97. So he's... Yeah, uh, okay. They're not showing... I don't see his stats for some reason.
0: So he went Oh, there he is. Okay, my, bad, my bad. Yeah, he went 1-0. And then Roberto Hernandez is also in the mix there.
1: Right, right, right. Sorry. My screen blanked for a second there, so... <laughs> the great Joe Roa is the one who gave up Joe, all the runs for 97. Joe Roa Jeez. got destroyed. <laughs> Julian Tavares got destroyed as well. Oh, yeah. Well. Um, you know he was he was a go for ball pitcher. He'd give up the home runs. Yeah. Um, and then so then we go to game six with the '97 team with a three two lead uh, and no contest in in game six the '97 team wins nine to one takes the series and uh, uh, four games to two and then they move on in this tournament. God, Rick Russell got beat up both times. <laughs> he, he did. Yeah, so, so that's another... Unfortunately, that's another uh, Will Clark team that is gone from the tournament. We have one left. 87? The 1987 Will Clark team is, is still in there. one of my there.
0: favorite teams of all
1: time. And that one's coming up in a couple weeks. Uh, next, we've got the... Uh, seven seed 1971 NLCS team. So another uh, Willie Mays team, very older Willie Mays. They lost, they lost the Mays. Pirates. That's right. Very older Willie Mays at that point um, against the 2000 NLDS team. Um, so that that's kind of a toss up. Um, those guys are seated close to the seven and 10. Uh, and then after that, we have our last first round matchup, the uh, 1987 NLCS losers uh, against the 2003 NLDS. So another Will Clark-led team against a, another Barry Bonds team. Um, got a lot of Barry Bonds teams. Got a lot of Willie Mays teams in this tournament. So um, that... Oh, going back to this one that we just finished, the 97 team now moves on to the second round. So they're the 11 seed. They're going to take on the 14 seed, the 1966 team who has some lights out pitching.
0: All right. I'm, I'm excited. I can't believe we're only a two more series is left in the first round of this tournament. Kind of crazy. Um, so, like I said, by the time we are back here next week, there will only be one more week of the season left. We will figure out and there's going to be stuff to talk about. After the Even after the Giants are done, you're going to have, you know, unless the Giants win the World Series, you're going to have playoffs that we can talk about and how it sort of relates to the Giants. There's going to be news, of of course, and, you know, we're, we're thinking about some things as we go on into the offseason, such as, you know, maybe looking back at some pretty important games maybe even going back to the playoffs and kind of like looking or i'm sorry their world series championships and sort of looking back and kind of analyzing those teams just something kind of you know fun to do during the off season until we come back for i'm assuming that they're going to try to start this season again in april i mean it seems like that would be something that they would try and do because the uh you know, I think the season, um, the way that they structured this season, they're not going to go deep into the the offseason, like the NBA, for instance. The NBA is still playing, and they would have been done in July. So they're, the way that they start the next season is going to be kind of weird. But for baseball, they can theoretically start normally in April again. So,
1: Right, because the NBA season would normally start in what? About two months, right?
0: Yeah, they start in uh, late October.
1: Yeah, geez. Yeah,
0: so I, th- I think the NBA is... No game will happen before Christmas, and I think I like you know this bubble thing. They they were kind of the they they weren't technically the pioneer, but um you know they they were one of the first sports organizations to really institute the bubble, and, and it's worked great because I don't think they've had any coronavirus positives. Uh, but I don't think they're going to do that next next season. I think they're going to do something more closely to what. Uh, baseball and football are doing
1: well, and and the other thing with baseball too is they're still working on. I don't think it's been finalized yet, but they're still working on getting their own playoff bubble, and mm-hmm. I think they just need to have it approved by the Players Association. Who
0: are it. balking because they don't want to be away from their families.
1: No, exactly, and they're talking about, what are they talking about? American League is going to be in San Diego, National League is going to be in Texas, Los Angeles. Right? Oh, no, Los Angeles? I, I think they've they pared it down to San Diego and Los Angeles and just oh. make it there. Now, you, now you've got smoke everywhere, so I don't, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like, you know, we get away from COVID, but, but yeah. here's the smoke, so I, I don't know how they're going to pull that one off, but
0: yeah, man, this is these are uh, these are crazy times because you know when you think about doing a podcast, we have so many memories of um, you know of what we grew up watching, and now we do the podcast this season. It's so different, so you kind of have to be okay with a lot of the adjustments. But yeah, um, so it looks like um, so I don't know how I don't know how recent this is. But I think this is actually. It looks like this is from The weekend. Um, Jeff Passan said, the bubble locations for the expanded playoffs, the NLDS would be in uh, Arlington and in Houston. Okay. The ALDS would be at Petco and Dodger Stadium. And then when you get to the NLCS, it would be in Arlington. ALCS would be at Petco and World Series would be in Arlington.
1: Oh, okay. All right. So I I had read that wrong. I thought they took Texas completely out of it. But um, the only problem with that is I, but I'm sure they've talked about this before, but Texas seems to have a little bit looser um, restrictions when it comes to masks and bars and whatnot. Here in Nevada, um, bars are closed. Right. Casinos are open because that's our moneymaker. <laughs> <laughs> but bars are still closed, although those are supposed to be open in about two or three days. So. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. All right, man. That was fun. We will be back.
0: And I- I'm actually kind of interested to see what this baseball playoffs turns out because it's just so different from what we are used to, what we grew up in, where we, you know, when we grew up, you had one division winner, face the other division winner in the NLCS. Yeah. (laughs) And then there's only two rounds of playoffs. And then as we get older, there's a wild card and now this wackiness of, you know, the, then there was two, you know, then there was two wild cards. You play off on on one game and, and you and you go to the next round. And now there's, you know, so many playoff teams. So whatever it is, I'm open. I'm open to criticizing it as well. If, it's, you know, <laughs> right. if, if, if a bad team gets yeah. in there, but still it is different. And you just sort of have to embrace the weirdness of 2020.
1: Well, like you said, when we were younger, you could win 103 games oh my and not God. not make the playoffs. Now, if you win 103 games, you you're going to be in. I mean, now if you win, oh God, I really hope that they don't carry this over this 18 playoff yeah. to next year. Uh, I, Half I can't teams. see them. I can't see them doing that. I understand it for this year, but can you imagine a team going in next year and winning 80 games, 79 games, and then going into the playoffs? I I, I don't know what kind of team you would be dealing with. It's just an early. Easy first round knockout, but yeah, who yeah. who knows? Who knows?
0: All right, man. So we will be back next week. So for Brad, I am double G peace. Peace.